Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. Today is Sunday, September 24th, 2023. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Young Perspective. Today, we're going to be discussing an, kind of a niche topic that, that popped up um, on our news feeds that happened last week. Um, so we'll get right into it. The Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, a Democrat, recently relaxed the dress code. What does this mean? He said, we had a dress code, and now we don't have a dress code in the Senate, meaning that senators can now wear whatever they want into the Senate. Formerly, they had a dress code and they had to follow the dress code, but now senators have to wear, can wear whatever they want. As of now, under the new rules, aides, staff, pages, visitors still have to wear uh, business attire, but senators don't. So what did they once wear? Well, in the past, uh, for the men were instructed to wear pants, coats, and ties, so they had to have a coat and tie on, and women had to wear um, dresses or pantsuits that at least covered their shoulder. So they've stepped away from that, really making it open for senators to wear whatever they want. But this wasn't an official rule. However, even though it wasn't an official rule, it was still enforced. So the head of security in the Senate, um, who's known as the sergeant of arms, he would enforce this unofficial dress code. And so how it would work is when you'd walk in, you would they would make sure that you were wearing a suit or tie or a pantsuit or a dress with sleeves. And then in that situation, if you were, he would let you in into the chambers of the Senate. However, there are ways of getting around this. So for many years, senators would want to do their own thing. They would want to uh, wear something else, maybe not wear a, a tie or not wear a jacket, things like that, you know, different things um, that didn't fall into the dress code. And so what they could do is they could stand in the doorway right between the, the Senate chambers and outside. And that would be like kind of like a buffer zone where they didn't have to actually follow the dress code. And from there, they could still listen, talk, and they could even cast votes by raising their thumb or, or putting it um, up or down to say yes or no to a, to a certain vote. And this would go on really for years. Um, some senators would do this. And it was kind of silly. I mean, you had a situation where senators should be sitting, you know, at their at their seat, actively be in debate. But because of what they wore, they were forced to stand in the doorways. You know, Chuck Schumer is a pretty straight guy. He wears he's always worn a suit. It's never really been an issue. Why would he decide to do this? Um, and even more interesting, Chuck Schumer said after the announcement that he was going to continue wearing the suit. So it's not really for personal reasons. He, he's not changing his his routine. Um, he's doing it to please the uh, Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman, who has been a big fan of reforming the dress code. In the past couple of months, he started showing up to the Senate wearing hoodies and shorts. He, he, like Ethan was explaining, stands in the corner of the room and, and tries to vote from the outside because he doesn't like the formal attire. He thinks it's uncomfortable. He shows up in, in gym shorts and hoodies like like he just came from the gym, which is which is interesting, particularly because he's a senator of a state, Pennsylvania, uh, one of two senators representing millions and millions of people in, in one of the greatest countries on the earth. And many argue that a certain level of decorum of respect should be shown to the to the great chamber. But he, he disagrees. Um, he argues that he can perform his function better as a senator wearing um, you know, casual attire. 
in the past couple months, uh, in June, I believe he was struggling with mental health issues. So many say that this decision by Chuck Schumer may have been an, an attempt to please Fetterman because of his mental health, health issues. Others say Chuck Schumer is doing what most do. You try to make friends, you try to help a friend out. So you get votes. The Democrats still need to get their 50 plus 1% um, votes to pass bills in the, in the Senate. And Fetterman's a, a kind of a, an out. Fetterman's a, a, against the status quo kind of guy. He's the kind of guy that would vote against a bill that the vast majority of the Democratic Party wanted to pass in the Senate. So maybe potentially Chuck Schumer's trying to please him to get those votes for those crucial bills. Also, we've seen a lot of different changes, the dress code in recent years, both in the Senate and the House. So recently in 2019, Amy Klobuchar led the uh, the change to allow women to wear sleeveless dresses um, in the in the Senate. And, you know, they really felt this was an outdated rule. Who, who cares if a woman is showing her 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 whole arm? I mean, it's it's silly. And so that passed in 2019. So we already have been seeing uh, recently things that have been changing. Also in 2019, you had a change in the House. For the first time in the House's history, people were allowed to wear religious um, head coverings. So things like hijabs and and kippahs, these are things that people wear on their heads for religious reasons. And they were previously banned from being worn by by House members. Now, uh, in 2019, they were passed. And so we've been seeing more changes to be accommodating of all different types of people in Congress recently. In, in 2017, the House actually had a different reform. Uh, there's a big social media blow up about women's attire in the House. And, and, and House Speaker, who was Republican at the time, Paul Ryan, which is kind of opposite of what the Republicans are doing in responding now um, to the Senate dress code reforms. But Paul Ryan, the Republican, he, he wanted to reform dress code, modernize it. It, it. Reform might be the wrong word. Maybe modernize is a better word because, you know, the arguments were at the time in the House in 2017 that the, the idea of formal attire was changing. It might not include a long sleeve pantsuit for women. So in, in the words of Repo- a Republican House member from Arizona, uh, Martha McSally, she said, before I yield back, I want to point out that I'm standing here in my professional attire, which happens to be sleeveless dress and open toed shoes. So she was arguing and Paul Ryan and the House modernization of those rules argued that the idea of what formal and professional dress is shifted and thus the dress code should be modernized to account for that shift. This is notably different than the, what the Senate's just done, which is saying there's no dress code at all. So there's been a lot of um, recent debate and, 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 and backlash from the decision by Chuck Schumer in the past few days, mostly coming from Republicans who are out angry against the Democrats who are doing this. You have 46 Republicans who are senators who have signed a letter to Chuck Schumer saying how they're outraged and they want this to be changed. Uh, this cannot be done. Uh, and this includes the, the Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. You have Congress people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's going off on social media saying the Senate no longer enforcing a dress code for senators to appease Fetterman is disgraceful. And that dress code is one of society's standards that set etiquette and respect for our institutions. Stop lowering the bar. You have Congressman Ryan Zink saying, if my interns can put on a suit, so can a U.S. senator. So all these different congressmen and women and senators are taking to social medias, to to press interviews, talking on podcasts, saying that this is wrong, that it's not so hard to put on a dress or a suit, that this is something that has always been done and should be done as just a, a set level of respect for the Senate and for the U.S. government as a whole. But that's often to be expected when the opposite party does something like this. You know, the, when the opposite party does something like this, you know, the other party fights back. They're angry. And that's typical. But what's interesting is actually you have a, a, a significant and growing number of Democrats who have started to speak out against it. 
there are old timey, you know, conservative in nature Democrats as well who are very um, who who respect the manners of the Senate, particularly Mark Kelly, the Democratic senator from Arizona, said he just flatly doesn't like it. That was his comment. He doesn't like it. Joe Manchin, another senator, said he's going to file a bipartisan resolution to ensure the Senate dress code remains consistent with previous expectations. So even the Democrats are taking actions. Therefore, there's been actually a letter from 46 Republicans to Chuck Schumer to try to get back the old dress code. That's a lot. That's almost half of, of the senators representing you know, almost half of Americans. But even the Democrats, like Manchin, are trying to, to, to push Chuck Schumer to get it back. So a lot of people have been looking to John Fetterman as he was the main cause of this, as considering that he's the person who has been so outwardly against the dress code recently and is a Democrat. And he said, if those jackoffs in the House stop trying to shut our government down and fully support Ukraine, then it will save democracy by wearing a suit on the Senate floor next week. So he's taking the stance that who cares about what he wears? It's not important. What people should be focusing on is not the fact that he shows up in shorts and a hoodie. It should be the fact that there are people in the House who are trying to shut down the government. It should be focused on policy rather than the fact that someone is showing up wearing shorts. It's not the fashion that indicates a senator or a congressman's worth or a congresswoman's worth. It's what they actually do. It's their actions. It's their decisions. It's their. It's what they say. It's what they vote for. That's what matters. And that's one of the, the multiple arguments against the dress code. But the other ones are the dress codes are artifacts of, of you know, old world expectations. They say that modern dress expectations don't fit into a dress code. They say it, it enfor- enforces um, gender expectations, which don't no longer exist. They say that uh, the LGBTQ community often doesn't feel comfortable with old world um, expectations of dress codes. Maybe, you know, the, the, the Senate old dress code had men and women categories, but it didn't have anything in between. And what if people didn't fit perfectly into those categories? So arguments against the dress coders, you know, it's more inclusive, also inclusive on the grounds of religion. So before 2019, as Ethan was saying earlier, the House had a rule against headwear. And that meant if you were wearing a burqa or a hijab, that was unable to, to be worn for religious reasons. A kippa was, was against the House rules before that. So which doesn't really make sense. We have freedom of religion in this country. There should be some leeway there in the rules of, of these bodies. Um, so the arguments against dress codes are as well as they restrict religious liberties um, for, you know, maybe Sikhs as well who wear head, head coverings. That, those, are, those are the arguments. But ultimately, many people feel that regardless of how things have changed now, there still needs to be some sort of dress code. So right, right back in uh, 2017, when the House made changes, they made changes, but there still was a dress code that was there. So people think, well, okay, fine, we can make things more accommodating, but we still need to have some sort of unison, some sort of dress code to maintain respect in the government. People shouldn't be allowed to just show up in shorts and a hoodie to be a U.S. senator. Such a high-level position should look a certain way. And for me, I see it in the terms of how a politician wants to portray themselves actually does have an effect, whether you agree with that or not. It's a, it's a fact on how voters view them. So for me, uh, this past weekend, actually yesterday, I was block walking with a political candidate uh, in Houston, and the candidate was wearing an Astros t-shirt. The Astros is the Houston baseball team, and Houston loves, loves the Astros. Um, and so when we were knocking on doors, many people commented, I love your shirt. That's great. I'll support you. And so you see that something that has nothing to do with politics, just a shirt that supports a, a local sports team, 
that gets people excited. So what you wear actually has an effect. And on the converse side, I've seen politicians when they show up in jeans, someone say, oh, you know what? I really don't like that they're wearing jeans. They should be wearing a suit. I'm not going to vote for them because of that. So it's something so trivial. And in my mind, it should be with what they support. It's who they are. It's who they are as a person, what they believe in. That's what matters to me. But to many people, how you dress is very important. Your public image is part of you as a politician, just like your politics and your agenda is part of your as part of you as a politician. And you know, from the from the pushback that many Democrats and Republicans have, have given, I expect there to to to, to build, still be the, a vast majority of senators wearing formal dress. In the past, there was no formal rule. Chuck Schumer said the rule was the informal rule was reformed, but there's still going to be this unspoken expectation. And John Fetterman is unique in that he's willing to go to get against the status quo. But I expect the vast majority of senators and House members will continue to go with with the, the expectations of formal dress. Um, so I don't think it's going to be, you know, a massive fundamental change to operation of, of the Senate chamber. This is going to bring an end to this week's episode of The Young Perspective. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We appreciate your support. If you want to find more of us, you can check out our website, theyoungperspective.net. Or you can check out our Instagram for more updates on our podcast, which is the underscore young underscore perspective. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, this was The Young Perspective.